Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 428. That was very vigorous. Your intro this week. Well, I'm just feeling confident in myself and my abilities. <laughs> Things turning around. Things coming up sevens. Everything's coming up, Tony. Damn it, Snake Eyes. <laughs> Uh, we had a good time today in the studio. We uh, chatted a lot more books than I thought we were going to originally. Yeah, it's like we're a comic book review podcast. Yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the sprinkling of outside news. Yeah. As well as a little bit of our personal lives. Yes, always. A little bit of everything in there. Now that you know the format of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but in what order are we going to do right. that? Right, that's the surprise. <laughs> I, and you know what? I don't even want to tell them what books we reviewed because yeah. we need to have some surprise. This is a fucking podcast. That's, I mean, we don't need to get... Why do a long intro, right? You're going to listen to the podcast directly after this. Are you going to shut it off after the intro? Now you're making me want to do a long intro just <laughs> to kind of... The irony. The irony of everything <laughs> in the world. This is the goddamn podcast. <laughs> grab, a, grab a cold one and yeah. listen to the podcast. There you go. And then... <laughs> Trying to, we'll, we'll long pause. <coughs> oh, stop that coughing. Uh, no, but seriously though, um, it was a good show today, and uh, you will just have to listen to find out how good it was, mm-hmm. and then let us know how good it was, or not. Or you, whatever. Yeah, just trying to use more words you, <laughs> in this you, intro. You do you. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, grab a drink of your choice, and or not. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's fine. It's your life. Listen to this or not. Yeah, yeah I mean, but listen to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. At least subscribe to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe just give us some likes here and there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, if, but if not, you know, it's... Yeah. I mean, hey, you've at least listened this far, which if we're still pulling you in on this intro, we're doing... Might as well keep going. It's the anticipation. They're going to be like, are they ever going to get to a point? <laughs> nope. Now that you know the format of the podcast... <laughs> Well, with that, enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 428. Who would have thought? I, I, I worry for you. You can worry for me. That's fine. And, you know, there is always a small chance, but that's true when I go to pump gas or go to the grocery store. Yes. And out of all the things of not needing to do or things that have been canceled... I just want to say that the one that hurt me the most was this past weekend in what would normally have been Pulaski days. You know how much that weekend means to me, and you know how strange it is that I am sober recording today. This is one of those, Tony is dead and probably not going to contribute at all. Yeah. And that is... Which is crazy because you work Pulaski days, so I don't know how you even fit in enough time to get completely wasted. Well, it's not working, it's volunteering. Well, and also... It's still work. <laughs> <laughs> Lynch, do you think uh, bartenders stay sober when they're they're working some I mean, nights? There's a difference between the level of drunk that you get and the level of drunk that a bartender can maintain and still do their job. <laughs> Lynn's, do you think that they stay? Oh, all right, let's just go and to also the... they do it for a living. You yes. do not. 
and but we're all Polish while we do it, and that's the key difference. I see. It's Polish bartending, <laughs> which means you get as drunk as the patrons, and you have fun. I am I am very saddened about a couple things. Some clubs that will not name be named. That just the social distancing and everything scared the hell out of me. Not gonna lie, that straight up some friends wanted to meet there and they always come to me first because I am the first and foremost on where it would be fun to go mm -hmm. at normal times. This year I was looking at more of the safety measure, but they ignored it and they just said, well, we're going in anyways. And I said, fuck you guys. And so me and my roommate decided, well, let's check out my hall that I love, Polish Falcons. And I can totally say that they were safe. They had no indoors. We probably lost a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, we could have easily opened indoors with limited capacity and had people come in. We could have charged door cover like some of these other places. So we stopped at another place, too, that was not also safe. Uh, not to say that all of them in town were being not safe, but at least my club... They When I walked up to them, they had space heaters and they had tables outdoors. And it was not the warmest of weathers this no, weekend. By, and actually, it even rained a lot. Yeah. But I had come up to them. I was like, this is cover? Because normally it'd be like a 2 or $3 cover. And for anyone that doesn't know, these Polish halls make their money for the whole year by this one weekend. It's so crazy how much profit and just people they would have packed in and you do what we call hall hopping you you're encouraged to check out all the halls mm -hmm. as well as eat the food um i do enjoy my what they have and it's mostly all the same kielbasa yeah. and kapusta and pierogies but mm -hmm. different places have their type of kielbasa mm -hmm. they have and i'm not gonna lie there was a place that i found last year that i just thought well two years ago because last year i was gone that was just amazing. That I was looking forward to. And we go to this back alley and we sit. And they had a person come and take our beer tickets to get whatever we wanted. And it was just really, I felt really just safe. Yeah. Froze my ass off, but just I felt really safe. Mm -hmm. And the sadness, which was also kind of a good thing, is that they were out of food. So sucked for me, but also awesome that they sold out of food. Yeah. That's a big part of all that profit for... I made you some pierogies, had I known. Oh, I wish I would... Why didn't you just make me pierogies regardless? <laughs> I mean, there's not a need for <laughs> Plosky Weekend or not. I make damn good pierogies and glumkies. So, need to say, I got kind of drunk Friday night, yeah. at least. And, yeah, it... But it was different, it was sad, but I was happy for at least my club, disappointed in others. Yeah. Because I, regardless of what you think of needing to wear masks or anything, the place that I saw was not wearing masks at all. I know how Pulaski Weekend is. It is warm in those clubs. You're sweating, you are up on each other's mm -hmm. business. And then when you put drinks involved and you really are just bumping into people. Right. And then you go to another club. Where there's other people. Mm -hmm. If this was, I could guarantee you, if this was a normal thing and one person had it, I would say over a couple thousand would have gotten it sure. by the end of the weekend. If it was a normal, 
normal Pulaski yeah. days weekend. Yeah. It'll be, well, it'll be hit back again. It'll be okay. I, I know it will. It, it just, it's one of those things where... You missed it last year. Yeah, but I was also at Oktoberfest, <laughs> so I mean, I was still doing the same thing that I would be doing. I even wore my Polish shirt one of those days. Did, oh, yeah. With your... Fuck you, Germany. I'm Polish. <laughs> oh, you start in World War III. Yeah. Whilst across the seas. <laughs> oh. Enough about my personal stuff, though. Just kind of saying how sad I am and just the... He's sad for, for a different reason this week. He's always got a new sadness. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple happiness things too, but we don't need to get into that. Um, yeah, there was something else I wanted to bring up right away, but I can't remember now. I had to do something with, I and mean, I guess since we're kind of talking about what's going on, have you watched the South Park pandemic special? No, Josh watched it. I, um, I've never really been able to just, like really get into South Park. It's just not my humor. Um, there's a couple episodes that I really enjoy that they've put out, and I heard that this was very good. It is, it, yeah. it is really good, and there have been plenty of people that kind of like you two, never really like them, but you watch this one, and it just hits all yeah. the right chords. Uh, the greatest thing that I now am going to use all the time is chin diapers, for <laughs> people that just wear them. On their chin? Yeah, not even covering their face. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw, and I saw that. Uh, with a buddy the other day when we were walking around and he, he said chin diaper. I was like, oh, you watched it too? <laughs> he goes, yep, we got that from South Park. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was good. I heard it was real good. All right, well, let's get into some book reviews. Yeah? I will start off with, uh, with, uh, Shang, uh, Shang Chi. Shang Chi? Shang Chi, yeah. And uh, number one. I almost read this. I thought it was good and sometimes books don't pull me in as much. They started off pretty good. I was like, yeah, ninjas and warriors and magic and what's going on. But then I also started realizing, well, trying to pay attention to certain names Brother this, master this. I was like, now I'm just confused if these people are going to be showing up later. And then later on, there's br brother uh, dagger and mm. and or brother saber and sister dagger and so I'm like, and then a sister hammer. And I was like, all right, at least they're naming objects. Like, <laughs> I might be able to follow who's who because that's their weapon. So you just know if they're a female, their sister, whatever they're using. So a little bit easier to pay attention well, to. Well, yeah, very convenient. But I, I don't know much about um, Shang-Chi. Uh, I know that he's just a Bruce Lee-type warrior person, but I don't even think he has, like, the powers of the Iron Fist. No, he does not. He's just a human person that is is good at ninja stuff. So... This starts off with some stuff going on about uh, these people trying to tell the the emperor to where he put his house was 
then the dragon lines, and then um, Fin Fang Foom shows up. And I was just... Yeah. I don't know. I don't ever take him as serious as because a bad guy. His name is Dumb and he's a dragon. Pretty much so. <laughs> he sounds like he would be the bad guy on like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Very right? much so, like yeah. Like going against like Hong Kong Fooey or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty much it. Like if it was Smog or like Death. Destroy- I don't even that dumb name. Death Destroyer would be a cooler name than Fing Fang Foo. <laughs> so funny. Uh, but this, what I really started liking is after there was some kind of middle ground of talking, uh, just the dialogue of some of the people, I did, it pulled me out of it because I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I started realizing, oh, they're talking about who's taking over this clan. Um, the clan of the, um, of weapons. Let me quick get the, oh, uh, the House of the Deadly Staff with the, they had this uh, thing up on the wall with a glowing um, fire at the staff uh, person. And it kind of coincides with who is going to be in charge and after this girl who is charge of the hammer i guess uh beats the staff dude she then wants to take over but it the flare goes to the hand so again during all this it was a little confusing to kind of like what the hell is going on but then you start kind of coming together oh there is some mystic kind of power behind saying he's the chosen one um and then of course she's all pissed that she doesn't want to she wants to be the leader pretty much and women never get their shot man (laughs) it's true it's the five weapons society is that yes now again there was some some parts of just you know shang just kind of doing his ninja stuff of jumping and being a superhero all around and what he can and can't do. And then it got back to the ninjas and then I was like, I'm sold again. Let's see some more of this. And they talked about like as brother and sister. I don't know if that's like you saying your sister. Um, so according to Wikipedia. He has a bunch of them. Brother Saber and Sister Dagger are Shang-Chi's half siblings. Okay. That's what they said that they were siblings I was like, are they just saying it more title-wise, you know? Yeah, no, I like think they're... Monk. Yeah. And that's where he's he's learning about, you know, who they are. And I was thinking, I guess it could be if your dad was an ancient kind of emperor. Right. He probably, probably had... has a lot of siblings. Yep. <laughs> but he did know at least who his, his sister was, which, um, you know, Sister Hammer, who, lo and behold, has a hammer that she uses <laughs> who would have thought and i, I like it just I, plays up to like the like the grindhouse kung fu sort of movies that got real popular in the 70s like the level of kind of cheesiness that yeah. you got from them being converted from a, a japanese or chinese film into an american film with voiceovers like it told to me that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yes, and that's kind of the thing that I enjoyed watching back in the day. I so 
for most part, I do want to kind of see where this goes. Not a hundred percent like loving, loving it, but I still like it enough that I'm definitely gonna read the next one. But I like this this last page when he finds out who it is. He remembers he has a sister, so he's like, "I have to save my sister," and then she's like, "I have to kill my big brother." And brothers and sisters is part hmm. one of the story arc and. Were you moved to read this because of the movie coming out soon? Just to kind of get like a... Part, partly. Uh, I mean, I'll see the movie regardless of having to know. I I know the character, but yeah, I don't really know the character. So that is... And it's just something different. I, You know, I thought about talking about some X-Men or this <laughs> or that, but I was like... Right. Let's, let's get a whole new... Uh, so, and I want to see like what... Pretty much what's going to be. Is this going to be set in you know new york which then well it's set in i believe is san francisco where they go to um might have been new york i have to relook at the page but um yeah or would this be set you know somewhere in the east but uh yeah oh. good enough i mean ninjas are cool who doesn't love ninjas honestly oh so yeah san francisco that's where it is at um, well, I read, I'm leaving my X-Men, my, the safe comfort of the X-Men this week. Uh, I actually read a lot of books. I was going to say, though, you did say you read an X-Men. <laughs> I, I was wondering if you were going to talk so, about that. Uh, let me, let me cover that very briefly. Um, I read the Ten of Swords Part 2, and it's X, it's an X-Factor X-Factor. book. And the, one of the things I really liked about it is on the cover of it, they actually put like X, you know, Ten of Swords. I keep wanting to say X of Swords, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Ten of Swords, and then it says Part Two of Twenty Two. And that's helpful for people. Yes. To know you don't <laughs> need to read every X book, but you kind of do. Right. You at least need to read every X book that's involved in this, because even though it was an X Factor book, like it literally just went from the storyline that was in the first one. And I don't know what about it made it, other than the people that were in it, I guess, made it an X-Factor book. It was just 100% like issue two of Ten of Swords. Oh, okay. Well. So, and you, and the, there's some stuff that is revealed in this book, um, having to do with things that happen in the other world that is um, kind of a surprise. So definitely worth a pickup, especially if you read the first one. Well, as you were, uh, you reviewed the first one last week, uh, the creation of X of Swords or whatever. I realized Excalibur number twelve, which came out right before that, gave some backstory that you didn't have that I can explain to you, or you should just read it. Yeah, I'll probably just to get because it. it was um, really cool. The summoner uh, was talking to Apocalypse, like well, you know most of the part, but let's start from the beginning and like. Gave a whole, like, half that book was just, like, a almost a preview to mm. what that one was going to be. Yeah. That I was, like, and I remembered when you were reviewing it, because I hadn't read it at the time, and just, I was, like, oh, yeah. Lynn's, I think, missed out a yeah. lot more from this one. They really should have did that as, like. A prequel. Like, a must-read before. Yeah. Yeah, and I admittedly had said that I hadn't, I, had, I think I had only read, like, issue one and two of Excalibur and I knew just based on the lore they were going after that it had a lot to do with that because they really get into that whole realm sort of thing but 
They've already, the one thing that they, they kind of revealed in the first one, they, you know, they said that they needed the, the swords and stuff like that. And then this issue, they kind of revealed how they're going to figure out what the swords are and who the sword wielders are. Along with this other thing that they find out. Did they say name all the swords? They gave a prophecy on how to find the swords. So they didn't name the swords. They named, they gave like a very prophetic sort of riddle on how to, on what sword you need and who needs to wield it sort Do of Do you know what the swords are? Like no. from the images and, and everything? No. I know what some of them are. They figured okay. out some of them very quickly. Yeah. Like... I mean, spoiler alert, one of them is um, magic and her sword, right? Yeah. And obvious. That's an obvious one to me. Like, she's literally, like, they. she hears the prophecy and then just walks to her little place and puts her sword down and the thing <laughs> lights up and everyone was like, yeah, uh, duh. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. And I'd have to look at the, the pictures again because I can't off the top of my mind remember them, but... There's the newly created Cerebro sword, mm -hmm. which seems weird for an ancient prophecy that a newer sword would be, but I feel like that's one of them for what they're going to need. I don't know that it, it's not an ancient prophecy. It's a brand new prophecy. Okay. So. From the the lady who looks like Emma Frost, the opal Saturine, Saturine chick, it planted a prophecy into... But we, all, we also know Cable just got right. a sword too, so right. it's, again, there's... There's ones that have already kind of popped up that you're like, well, we, we yeah. know that's probably that one. They It's nice because they have the person who is like the, and I, I mean, you know, I don't want to, I wasn't going to review this, so I don't want to give too much away. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting more into the X-Men again. I know, But, you know, the, the person spouts the prophecy, and then, like, a few, two pages later, they do the very common thing that they do in these books where they actually like have a transcript of somebody trying to figure out yeah the prophecies and so you can reread it and kind of get get a couple of hints on where they're going with it so anyway back to the department of truth <laughs> <laughs> this is from image uh it was written by james tinian the fourth uh the artist is martin simmons on it um the art in this is very as i, I was telling tony earlier it looks a lot like um, the art from the bunker. It's not the same artist from the bunker, but it is very much like a watercolory, but not in like a refined, um, like a Dustin Wynn sort of way, like a very gritty, yeah, dark looking art. I like that. Well, that one page, that uh, double page, like where it's a little more colorful, almost pops more because it's darker and that one. Yeah. Yeah. They have a a nice spread of. Um, it's just it's. There's parts where you're you're looking at it and you're like, oh, I don't know if this art makes sense for the story. But then there's other parts you're reading it and you're like, it makes total sense. So this book is about conspiracy theories. And the Department of Truth is very much an X Files sort of government department and the book starts they're going to run through a ton of conspiracy theories i can tell um which is fun because they don't stick on them for too long like it's not a book about the kennedy assassination it's not a book about flat earthers but in this first book they talk about the kennedy assassination and flat earthers 
And but they're done with those now, right? They're going to move on to new conspiracy theories. What a wealth of choosing they have, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's not this is going to be the gift that keeps on giving for the people who are writing this book. Um the the flat earther one was super interesting to read because it it not only talks about the flat earth conspiracy theory but the moon landing and how you know the conspiracy theory is that Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing like it's mm. oh yeah yeah yep. so they they talk about that a little bit and this this FBI agent whose job it is to study um like the very far right sort of white supremacy groups and the way they share information online through memes and stuff like that. Like that's his whole job is to follow that stuff online. But he ends up at this flat earther conference and then gets pulled in even deeper into like the rich people who are part of the flat earthers but have way more money to put behind their conspiracies. And take him on this plane ride. I, I kind of want to be like, I'm going to give some stuff away just to kind of draw people in. Like, I feel like if I tell you anything about the book, it's going to give away the whole content of the book. But I think without telling you what happens, like people are going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. Why do I care? Um, so they, they, I just, I wanted to read it just from the, the title alone. Yeah. It just seemed interesting and different. If I, if you are a fan of, say, the X-Files or anything like that, I think that you would definitely enjoy this book. Um, if you're a fan of conspiracy theories, not saying that you believe conspiracy theories, but, like, if you enjoy reading and understanding the conspiracy theories, this would be another good one. Um, but they, these rich people who are kind of... Um, what are those two brothers who are, like, the, the Koch brothers? who are kind of Coke brother inspired, I think, um, end up taking this guy on a plane where they reach the end of the earth, right? So they've hit the edge of the world, meaning that they've proven that the earth is flat. Um, and then somebody shows up and kills all of them and takes him back. And it ends up being a woman from this department of truth. And the whole concept that the Department of Truth is fighting is that there's so much power behind thought that if enough people believe in a conspiracy theory and believe it to be true, they will manifest it into the world. So it's a very, like, this is not based in a reality that exists because the secret is not real. You can't manifest things <laughs> through mm -hmm. thought. But in this book, their whole thing is they're fighting conspiracy theories because they're not true, but if enough people believe it and put enough thought and power behind it, it will be true and it will change all of history. See, that seems fucking awesome, especially because I like when it comes to like Thor and the gods, like they've mentioned many times in, in Marvel, that they were real, but then they became more powerful because belief system right. that then it was like just a cycle of, well, then they've always been here, but have they? And yeah. you don't know which is what came first. Yeah, it's it's really 
uh, it'll be really interesting to see. Oh my God! Now I'm just thinking, of, without getting into real world stuff, how many people would believe some dumb shit on I'm the like, internet? I'm like James Tinian. I don't know if you know what you're opening here. <laughs> um, I thought it's a definitely an, an interesting way to take on conspiracy theories because it's not just like an FBI agency is taking on these people who believe in conspiracy theories, but then the conspiracy theories end up to be real. So now it's a big government plot to shut those down so that the people don't find out. It's not that. It's literally like they're not real, but if enough people believe it, then they will be real. And we're trying to stop that. Um, so it starts with the Kennedy assassination. It's very brief, but the, that plays into the end of the book. And I'm not going to give that away because everyone needs to read the end of the book. Um, to figure out how those, the beginning and the end are connected. But I really enjoyed it. I love um, that Mel Gibson movie, Conspiracy Theory. Did you ever watch that movie? I don't think He's I like have. fat shit crazy conspiracy theories. Like he likes it. Yes. Stuff. Um, I just love, and I'm not a big huge Mel Gibson fan, especially lately. But <laughs> I just really love that movie. And I love reading about conspiracy theories and... Uh, the idea that, like, if enough people believe it, it could come true is super intriguing to me, even though I obviously don't believe in conspiracy theories or that the power of the secret, <laughs> which is basically what this is. <laughs> well, so I, kept, I was getting some vibes of Seven Secrets, the book that I reviewed a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Which we don't know what the secret is, but the secret is the mystery. Right. and yeah. It's, so this is definitely, I haven't read a book like this in quite a while, um, and my fear is that they're not enough people will hop onto these books that they'll take them far enough, so read it, because I want to, I feel like there's just so much they could get into with this idea. Uh, real good. Alright, uh, book that I read this week, it, I actually found out it came out a couple weeks ago, but I just... Really enjoyed it. That I just wanted to briefly mention it. It's uh, Inkblot, number one, out from Image Studios. Uh, well, not just Image Comics, not Image Studios. <laughs> they <Think of> boom. <laughs> Image Comics. Well, I mean, this and this is a rated teen book, which I also don't think really there should just be adult or just normal, I guess, and then kid. Teen, I feel, is just a normal Avengers yeah. book type thing. And what I really liked was just this picture of this cute cat with these giant anime eyes and that's all that i was gonna get into the book and and to see what it's about and i started thinking all right this probably is going to be a little more child friendly but it was is inkblot the name of the cat i don't know what it is It, it shows up but it's this is really setting up this world which Again, not knowing where we're going to be getting into. The front cover looks kind of like ancient, maybe, you know, a fairy tale realm. And sure enough, it is. And it goes on about, you know, the the living castle and the roots that go into the different worlds and explaining these worlds briefly. Speaking of um, their family and, and how uh, her brother slash the king... Uh, who built the castle, and how he's conquer, and so is her sister. So they, some of them went out to visit these worlds and take over. One of them was a peacemaker. One of them got lost. Um, her brother 
uh, got the name Void Master. Um, actually, is it Void Master? It's uh, yeah, Void Breaker, because he was the first to break the different worlds. These are all separate, you know, dimensions or whatever. And he was the first to break them before they started going into all these other ones and then conquering. And you're starting to realize, like, okay, maybe they're not heroes. They seem to live a long time. Uh, you start to realize that some of them have taken over some of these other realms. And not everything is as it seems. And so you get, get the main character here who she just is writing down uh, stories of their champion and king and her family and and everything in between and she goes that you know she's the last one that you know that kind of remains there she's the seeker um servant to science and kind of all these nice wordy things but ultimately she writes stuff down in her giant library but nothing about herself it's always about everyone else in her family and what they've done because she hasn't done much mm, interesting Sorry, that's really interesting because this is written by Emma Kubert, right? Mm -hmm. And her, so she comes from a long line of people in comics, right? Her grandfather is Joe Kubert and her dad is Andy Kubert who have done a wealth of works and she hasn't done much yet. So it's really interesting well, that's, that she it, kind of it, took that in that direction. And that's what uh, I was going to get to that. At the end of the book, she kind of, again, I love getting in the mindset of, of writers and everything and kind of said, you know, I don't necessarily know what I'm doing, but no one does kind of thing. Right. And it's my first kind of foray into this and everything. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I can see you're kind of putting yourself into this character. And really, yeah, it it goes from everything I said to where some action starts. Where she kind of falls asleep and she accidentally spills her ink. Which is where I think Ink Black comes mm. from. And out manifests a little cat. Aww. And I just love, the cat doesn't say meow, just goes meow. It's a more realistic M -O -W <laughs> I've never really saw that ever like that. And I'm just like meow. And I kept saying it out loud. <laughs> and it just, just looks, at, and then, you know, some hijinks are trying to catch it. And then. What the reader doesn't know and what, you know, her character, female character here doesn't know is there's some gates that all of a sudden, like, manifest. And they've already proven they can make them, but as she's saying, that takes a lot of magic and everything. She doesn't know if it's the cat that made it, but she goes into the mountain world with some giants and everything and getting chased. And, of course, the cat, she's trying to chase after the cat, and it's just, meow, <laughs> randomly <laughs> doing it. And I'm like, I'm loving this cat. It's such a cat thing. Um, yeah, the, I thought it was really good, uh, really well drawn, really kept me, in, uh, interested the whole time with learning about these other worlds, wanting to know about their family. Um, I got a little bit of some, um, endless vibes because mm. it seems like they live forever and they all have their own kind of world that they took over. Um, as she was saying, like in the mountain lands, uh, you know, her sister is the thunder queen there she's horrible mm. and so it's like okay so even the siblings aren't necessarily you know friendly to each other but i'm assuming you'd have a little bit of a family i'm not gonna kill my sister type vibe or something but yeah all in all it it kind of just ended in a way that i'm like 
what I want to know more is, is the cat magical? Who summoned it? <laughs> she keeps thinking that it's a demon, and that's why she's, like, trying to prevent it from doing any harm. And obviously, it's not a demon. It's just a cute cat, and I kind of want it, but... Well, some would argue that all cats are demons. <laughs> and I would say mostly true. <laughs> Do you have um, any other books? Um, uh, well, the only other book I read that I'm not saving for a later segment is the second issue to The Three Jokers, which was just as good as the first one. If you haven't picked it up yet, pick up both. It's just a real interesting story that they're doing. They're really getting into Jason's poor, broken mind. All the shit that he went through. It's interesting. So, real good. Real good. Alright. Some news this week. Uh, They've delayed... Some more movies, but the biggest one that they've been talking about is the new James Bond, mm-hmm. uh, No Time to Die. No, it's never a time to die. Yeah. And uh, because of that, Regal uh, Cinemas, and there's tons of them in the UK and the US, uh, are closing down now because of this, which I thought, okay, why? But I guess this was one of their big blockbusters they were hoping was coming out. But now that they're really seeing there's nothing on the slate, why even be open until this all right. kind of right. pulls over? Apparently Ryan Reynolds just released it. I haven't watched it yet, and I'm not going to pull it up because it's a video. But Ryan Reynolds released... Uh, Fall Guys? Or free not guy. Free Guy. Yeah, he's trolling movies, pushing back release dates. So, I don't know what that means. But, you know, if it's from Ryan Reynolds, it's fun. Yeah, but they had to move Free Guy as well. That was a movie I was really looking forward to. That looks amazing. I was going to, I mean, I don't go to the movie theaters for everything, but a Ryan Reynolds movie, I would. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope that one gets released soon, because there's, I mean, my entertainment, I need new content. I know. They've been doing, we, it's, it's been nice because they have been pushing out television shows, right? But that's because we've had... Yes, those are in the, they were in the... We're going to get to a spot where we're not going to have new stuff. Right. They, uh, Netflix just released the, the last season of Shit's Creek, uh, mm. early. That wasn't supposed to come out till the end of the month. So that's cool. I can at least watch the sixth season now. Um, yeah. I went back to the been... beginning and started rewatching it just because I love that show so much. It is watch. really, really good. I remember everyone telling me about it, and I just kept saying, I'll get to it eventually. Well, yeah. don't put it off. It's a really good it show. It's really good. It's <clears throat> such a, like, if you want to see a perfect example of character development, like, that show 100% takes you on a journey with the character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, just to kind of plug it because i think more people need to watch it is uh utopia it's on amazon yep i have not watched it yet but that's the one where uh there's a comic book right that um turns out to be based on reality yes and it predicts these different diseases and pandemics Mm. and that's it's a fun thing to watch right now yes that is (laughs) bad timing on their part um, it originally, it's based off of a British show that had two seasons 
cult classic there that has 100% so Rotten Tomatoes. There were four episodes, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for their seasons, probably. <laughs> Maybe six, max. So there's eight episodes in this season for uh, on Amazon. No word yet if it's gotten renewed, but I just want to say this. There are, like, it's 56% Rotten Tomatoes, and I think a lot of those bad scores is because people can't get out of their heads of this was shot like a year ago not knowing what is they've even had to put up like you know before this doesn't represent anything going on but it deals with a deadly virus trying to make a vaccine it being predicted from the comic book it goes on a wild ride that each episode when you saw some character changes which happens in some movies and shows it felt so natural that I'm like, this is some good fucking writing. Mm-hmm. And from hearing everything of what they want to do for the next season, just definitely watch it and, and realize, too, it starts off very nerdy with the Comic-Con kind of thing with the comic book, and then it kind of goes more into the overall conspiracy of everything going on. But each episode really, it just ends on that, damn it, I need to watch one more. Yeah. And then four in the morning and you're halfway through the season. Are all of the episodes out? Yeah, so yeah. they released them all, uh, which is another thing that I, I really feel like Amazon's in a hard place. They made this, they paid for it. They can't, when are they going to release it? Right. And so it, it, I think any other year, people would be talking about this all like, damn, that was interesting and holy cow, I can't believe it. I have a feeling that they're getting bad reviews because there's the Karens at home saying, this isn't right. And it's like... think Karens are watching this show? <laughs> no, they heard about it and they're just oh, going to yes, retweet about it and course, give their negative... <laughs> um, I didn't have much news. And my stuff that I have isn't really even news. It's like... More like rumors that have been coming out about movies that will be coming out. And I just kind of wanted to get our take on them. So, um, Jamie Foxx has been cast as Electro in the next Spider-Man movie. And as we all know, Jamie Foxx was already Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2. And when he posted that he was Electro, he posted this graphic of the three Spider-Mans together, um, which has been taken down since then. (laughs) So, of course, instantly, everybody's like, oh, they're doing Spider-Verse. We got Jay Jonah, same guy, right? Playing him. We got, which was revealed at the end of the last Spider-Man movie. And now we got Jamie Foxx playing Electro. Are they doing live action Spider-Verse? And my answer to that is, I fucking hope so. How awesome would that be? (laughs) It would be a great end to this first trilogy. Mm -hmm. But also, I I don't care. Yeah. I, I... and here's the reason why. Because a person playing a character, if they were in something else before, it's only in movies that we all of a sudden go, oh, he was with the Andrew Garfield, which is a Sony product. Where I just look at it, oh, he's Electro. Right. Fighting Spider-Man. Because right. Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man. So, um, and Tobey Maguire and everything. And Tom Holland, like, they're Spider-Man Peter Parker. I don't look at them as because they were individually different characters, that they are somehow different. It goes to the Batman movies. We believe that um, 
the first Batman and Blinken and fucking... Are you talking about Keaton? Yes. Keaton yeah. was then the same Batman... That Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. That I get, but to to cast the same person in the exact same role from one Spider-Man movie But J.K. Simmons another, did not in, like insinuate that the ones before were... It. No, he is just... In all universes, that is what Jameson looks like. True. That is true. However, I think it's a good sign, right? Because most movie companies would not... They would they they try not to do that, right? They try not to create that sort of confusing crossover for their mu- movie viewers, right? Jamie Foxx is Electro in this movie. Now he's Electro in this movie. Are these two things tied together? Oh, they're not? That doesn't make sense to me. Like, it creates, like, a whole weird thing. Unless it's on purpose. And it could be that, that they're doing the Spider-Verse. And I know they just did it in animated form. So it seems silly to do it again so soon because the animated one was amazing. But I'm also like, eh, why not? They're doing Flashpoint and they got fucking Michael Keaton signed on for that and a bunch of other people to do like that whole alternate universe thing in in the Batman movies or in Flashpoint. So why not hop on that train? I think it's fun. I'm very Oh, I'm not I'm not against it and I don't th- <laughs> I just I don't think we can just read into I think it All was that more, too, but it does make sense. I think it was more him posting it on, and then also with the graphic of them all together. Like, if that was not his intention, then he totally, like, didn't realize that him posting something like that would cause this sort of rumor mill to get going. Or it was very much like a, I'm going to post this and then we're going to take it down real quick just to get people talking about this. And they're going to start crowdsourcing ideas. So, Tony, now's our opportunity. If you have an idea (laughs) (laughs) on what they should do, we got to get it out there. Um, But they've also started talking about the second Joker movie, which they haven't actually announced that they're doing yet, but they've pretty much all but announced that they're doing it. And it sounds like they're also going to go in the direction of having another Joker so they're going to do multiple Jokers, kind of like the book I'm reading right now. Um, and I don't know how, that one I don't know how I feel about, because I thought that the Joker movie was so perfect that I worry that if they're going to go down the route of adding more Jokers and more traditional sort of Jokers, is that going to ruin the feeling that you got from that first movie? So I don't, it's, it's funny because on one hand I'm like, yes, more Spider-Man. Give me all the Spider-Man. And then I'm like, oh, just this Joker's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, I feel like it, they, they're going to try and tie it in, right, to the rest of the universes in the DCU. And I get nervous because it was such a good movie. And so outside of their normal fuck-ups, <laughs> like, why would they try and do that to themselves? But, you know. One of the mention I saw was casting Jim Carrey as the Joker. Mm. I don't know how I feel about that, but I did just start watching the second season of Kidding. Have you watched that show? I did not. Oh my god! I started and I just didn't get into it. He, you know, he plays like the very um, traditional sort of Mister Rogers esque character until you start getting into his personal life, 
And watching that show makes me think that he really could get into, like, a demented sort of headspace that you would need to get in for the Joker. Um, so who knows? He was the Riddler. He did a terrible job. <laughs> that. So maybe this could be his redemption piece. Um, I don't know. But those are the just literally the only two things I could bring myself to yeah. find. Yeah, there wasn't much that came out this week. I have talked about it before. Toys ruin movies. Mm-hmm. Well, with all these delays... And this is something I didn't think about until looking this up. There's a lot of toys that were already planned to come out. And those toys may have, they may have gotten, like, the word of, maybe we shouldn't ruin, like, some designs of creatures with toys. But now, well, the toys are going to come out, and now these movies are delayed another year. Shit's going to get ruined even more. So, I work for a company that sells toys, partially. And we've run up against this. Right, because we had it, and it wasn't for anything fun. It was for Minions, because uh, there's a new Minions movie that was supposed to be coming out this year. There's another fucking Minions movie. I don't fucking know. Yes, I guess. Um, I don't follow the Minions <laughs> anymore. Uh, but so the to- the toys were supposed to come out in conjunction with the movie, as they do, right? Um, because the movie's been pushed back now. The studio is like, you can't release these. First of all, nobody's going to want to buy them because the whole point of putting toys out with a movie is that kids go see the movie and now they want to buy the toys. Mm -hmm. So now we've run up against, like, where do we keep these? Do we store them? Do you guys store them? Do we pay them? Pay you just, like, it's just this whole big logistical nightmare. Um, So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll store them. (laughs) One might be missing. (laughs) Actually, no, I really don't give two shits about me. (laughs) No. I know, but I can... Transformers and Legos, yes. It's going to be a huge thing, right? I mean, all these movies that come out that are kids-based or even toy-based or could have toys like Batman movies or any of the Marvel movies or anything like that, like, that shit's made. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's uh, actual Marvel movies with for the Eternals and getting a, a look at some of the deviants and... Kind of finding out, you know, some that are, are named, which then they're not just the mm. thug type, you know, ones. Right. They're probably got a talking part. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's all kinds of, there's all kinds of things that you don't even think about when pushing a movie back that um, you have to care about, I guess. It's not just, oh, we don't get to see the movie when it comes out. Now everything that goes along with that gets fucked up. Um, two things that I have, uh, uh, that I just found it hilarious. So, uh, 1993 Hocus Pocus came out. I think I saw this. And they re-released it in theaters, because why not? They, they've made, actually, I think 600,000, they're projected to do 1 million, uh, over the week, weekend, but so far they've made quite a bit. And they beat out a newer movie of the New Mutants, mm-hmm. who only t- took $260,000. Now, at least New Mutants is kind of getting back up there with the overall they've been out for over a month. But it's just people that are bored that want to go see something, anything that they right. haven't seen. 
But that Hocus Pocus has beaten them right now. It's too funny. It's it funny is and sad. It is that time of the year, but... Uh, yeah. I, I have a girl that I went to school with who um, dresses up like... Who's it? The Batman Lawyer's character. Winifred? Is that her name in the movie? She looks just like her. Like, it's crazy, the makeup. She has a TikTok that she does under as this character. It's pretty amazing. Everyone should go check it out. <laughs> so you know how good Coke is. It's crazy. She, like, 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 that's her. Oh, damn, yeah. She looks a lot like her. She's a super talented lady, so I actually haven't watched any of these videos because I don't do that. But <laughs> everyone else should. <laughs> um, last thing, uh have to speak about something that everyone's been talking about and it's it's needless uh to be wishing harm on anyone but rick moranis got attacked this week and fuck that person that did that like like was it okay so i didn't i haven't read i saw the story um and i saw that ryan reynolds put out a statement about it right because he had just done that commercial with rick moranis um was this on purpose, or was this just a random attack? Or it's random. They don't have their there's rewards for any information. Like, luckily Rick is is doing good. He was in the hospital a little bit because he got hit pretty hard yeah. upside of the head. But I believe he was uh, uh, near his house or something, walking outside, and like someone just came up and like cold cocked him in the head, and who the fuck and that? then ran away. And it's like, yeah, who does that? And again. That happens a lot, probably in the real world, when we don't hear about it unless it's a famous person. Right. But out of all the famous people, Rick Moranis is not the one. He's a small little guy. He's a nice guy. Well, and like, also, like, he got out of it, right? He was not ever going to get back into it, and he is getting back into it. And it's like, he left, he wanted to live a normal life, you know, and now he's like, I'm going to dip my toe in the water and even though these two things aren't directly connected like how fucked up is it that he dips his toe back in the water and then somebody fucking punches him in the face on the street randomly (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck Uh, and again who like did they rob him or did they literally just punch him and go from everything that i've heard it was a punch and go what the fuck what the fuck yeah what the fuck like if you're gonna knock somebody out at least take their fucking wallet (laughs) <laughs> yeah like this, what's what's the point i mean honestly <laughs> but like i said he's uh you know made a statement saying you know thank you for everyone's well wishes and everything and it's like man i really want to see i've loved his work yeah. and everything he's done great i hope this doesn't like make him be like fuck i don't want to be famous I again know. and like i said i don't think it was anything of him person like it could have been a random person on the street right it, it, would you walk like if you were walking down the street rick moranis as he has now walked by you would you even realize until like he was 10 feet past you that it was rick moranis you'd probably walk by him and be like was that rick moranis and then you'd just struggle with that for the rest yeah. of your life i mean that would be with the most like in a random non-comic-con something setting just walking down the street right like if Chris Hemsworth was just walking dog in front of my house and like, oh, yeah. I, 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 would, I would, I would, well, I would, <laughs> I would be like, check. I think <laughs> I would probably stop and ask. That's yeah. for sure. If I walked by 
Chris Hemsworth, and I was like, I think that was Chris Hemsworth. I would turn around and run, and I don't run. I'm a fat girl. I don't run. I would run back to him and be like, are you Chris Hemsworth? And if he was like, nah, I'd be like, you look like Chris Hemsworth. Can I take a picture anyways? I'm going to tell everyone you are. <laughs> but Rick Moranis, I don't know that I would make that effort, um, you know, for reasons, I guess, <laughs> that are uh, sexual in nature. <laughs> <laughs> Girls are gross too. We try to act like we're not, but we are. Um, but yeah, the, the whole that whole thing is just it's fucked up. <laughs> yep. Uh, you have booze in a book. I do. I do have booze in a book. So I read, um, just on a whim. Uh, X-ray robot number two came out this week, and so I was like, "Oh, this is by the All Reds." I like their art, even though Tony is against me on this. Yeah. I love it. It's so 70s, so animated, very colorful. I just love it a lot. Um, I like what they they worked on Silver Surfer. I like that. That's why I didn't didn't have a problem with their cover. Like, I don't know. I just, I felt it was a little too... I I really... That's what, yeah, kind of that where I felt like... Other books, maybe, and maybe I will enjoy this book for it not being Silver Surfer, but I love Silver Surfer, yeah. and I feel like he needs to be, like, those bold, hard, like, pens and mm-hmm. inks and, like, just drawn, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the all-red art is definitely um, more cartoony. And it works for this because it it's a, it's a time travel book, and it's very sci-fi-y. And, you know, it's weird to say that compared to the Silver Surfer, because the Silver Surfer is a fucking silver man who rides a surfboard in space. So, like, you can't get much more sci-fi-y than that. that. The very idea of it is just pure sci-fi. But I think, Tony, you particularly would really like this book because of your fascination with time travel. But it's about these scientists who figure out how to jump into the future or the past Um, using this robot, and something happens where the main scientist kind of gets combined with the robot and ends up traveling through time for 300 years trying to get back to his present. But he's still in his present, so he's meeting himself from the future as a robot-man-hybrid sort of person. (laughs) And they they have to... uh, Because in the future, because of their, their discovery... Other people um, time travel, right? It just becomes a thing that people do. And um, in their time travel theory, your time travel doesn't affect your current situation. So, like, if you go back and kill Hitler, it doesn't mean that in this current timeline Hitler is now dead and everything changes. It just means you create another alternate reality. And so many people have created these alternate realities that it's fucked up time. Bad. (laughs) So they have to go back and kind of shut down all these timelines. And then there's this um, bad guy who they haven't really ran into yet, but the robot had come back and was talking about how they have to stop him. And he's like this ultimate nihilist who he just wants to see the world end. Right? He just wants nothing. He doesn't want one timeline over another. He doesn't want to kill certain people from certain timelines. He just wants the whole world to end. So they have to stop him in conjunction with pulling back together all these timelines. Things like that. That sounds fun. It's, you know, 
It is. It's very. If you don't, if you are if you are not a fan of sci-fi, or like time travel or anything like that, do not read this book. <laughs> you will not enjoy it. But if you you know like dabbing your toe into that sort of stuff, it's kitschy. It's very like seventies horror esque, sci-fi movie ish feeling. Um, if you were to see it on the screen, it would definitely be a B movie, for sure. But probably a good one. Um, so we're pairing that with a beer called Die My Darling from Perrin. It's a sea salt ghost that's aged in tequila barrels. And after describing the book and then reading their description of the book, <laughs> or of the beer, on their website, these two things fit together perfectly. Um, especially at the end where they talk about uh, sometimes you're the person who wants to see the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but more specifically, there's lots of parts of this book where the um, scientist wakes up and has no idea where he is or what just happened or what timeline he's in and you know anything having to do with tequila can give you that feeling of time travel <laughs> or lost hours I guess um, so that's our that's our combo for this week all right uh, last thing I want to just quick uh, tell people if you haven't seen it yet look up uh, the Todd McFarlane spawn cover for number 311 that uh, issue comes out uh, at the end of this month it is I feel like probably one of the best tributes I have seen to Chadwick's passing mm -hmm. like just I mean it's so simple for doing the Wakanda pose and everything and have him but I like the smaller details of the skulls being kind of panthers and everything and like it really like just looking at it just like gives me chills of just seeing it and and hearing Todd's you know one obviously everyone is kind of doing their own thing for for giving him like you know their their memorial and how you know they want to respect it yeah. and everything and pay tribute to him and and Todd said that you know there's not been a lot of well-known um black uh superheroes or min minority heroes in the comics and obviously uh, Black Panther was one of those major ones, Spawn being another one mm -hmm. as well. And so, you know, what way would be better than, you know, to have this nice tribute yeah. um, on the cover of one of his books? And definitely I'm going to go out of my way to try to get this cover because, and it's not one of those things, I'm not one of those collectors of, like, it's going to be worth money. They're probably going to print a million of these it's covers. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the inside of the Ten of Swords, there there was a tribute to Chadwick from Tanahasi. It's on actually all Marvel books. I wasn't month. sure if they put the same one in each one of them or if they have different people doing different. Um, <laughs> he wrote uh, Black Panther. The um, recent one. Tanahasi Coates. He wrote. It wasn't the most recent one, but he had written a very good series of Black Panther, and I want to say it was around the time the Black Panther movie came out. But yeah, it's you know. I'm glad that they're giving him the the uh, tribute that he deserves. So. Um, with that, uh, stay thirsty for <laughs> pumpkin spice latte because oh, I, I, I said I was going to say that a lot and I haven't really. You know. our, when is our um, very special Drunk on Comics episode? Our interview? Yeah. Did it come out yet? Nope. Uh, that was going to be another week or so because okay. November's when the Stay thirsty for when that comes out, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fun, fun little uh, extra special Drunk on Comics episode coming. Mm -hmm. A lot, lot, lot of revealed in that one. 
I, I mean, you know, the, now they have to wait and see what we're talking about. It's called building anticipation, Tony. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I know. 